I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. This week's episode of Book Cheat is brought to you by HarperCollins and Lou Burney's new book, November Road. Out now through all good bookstores, both online and in the real world. Check it out. This podcast is part of the Planet Broadcasting Network. Visit planetbroadcasting.com for more podcasts from our great mates. Hello and welcome to Book Cheat, the book club podcast where I've read the book so you don't have to. My name is Dave Warnke and on each episode of this show we look at one of the classics. And helping me look at one of the classics this week, it's the Zingerburgers themselves from the Kentucky Fried Chatton podcast. It's Beck Petratus and Pete Jones. Yeah. We're dancing but you can't oh, hear it. I know. <laughs> We're doing the Colonel's dance. Oh. We've been dancing silently for three hours. <laughs> we have waited for you for a while to show up to this We podcast. have a lot of chicken to work off. <laughs> <laughs> now you are I just put that into context if mm. people haven't heard the Kentucky Fried Chat they podcast, understand it <laughs> great show but it is a, a podcast where you uh, review different menu items from, from KFC mm. that is correct I love in the description it says not affiliated with Kentucky Fried Chicken I'm just very worried about <laughs> us getting sued yeah Becky's always thinking we're about to be sued by Kentucky Fried Chicken who I feel like have bigger fish to sue mm. Red Rooster. Fish, for bigger fish, bigger chicken. Like, got to get onto fish. No, no, they said fish, right? <laughs> <laughs> I have not been paying any attention to our podcast. <laughs> do you know Red Rooster have fish and chips? Yeah, they do. That is an insane store. That is bananas. Well, let's not even get bloody well, started okay, on it. Okay, wrong podcast. Well, once you get through the Kentucky Fried Chicken menu, do they bring out enough new menu items for you to keep it going forever? Or will you have to change chains? We will have to change chains. Do you want to hear a little sneak preview of the title of season two? <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> seasoning two. Very good. That uh, is... Kentucky Fried Chatton, seasoning two. Mmm, it's chatting time. McDonald's. <laughs> was that what it was? I thought it was. I, I thought I that thought was wrong. Was... <laughs> no, was... no, 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 no. You're right. You're right. You're right. I thought it was Kentucky Fried Chatton, seasoning two. Ba da ba ba ba. I'm chatting. Yeah, you're right. She's right. <laughs> yeah, no, that was, right. that was correct. <laughs> I made up one on the fly. I don't know. <laughs> what was mmm? You know, mmm, smack time, McDonald's. Mmm, smack time. I totally didn't get that. I just thought yeah. you were so into McDonald's. You're like, mmm. Maybe I'm thinking mm. of the Crash Test Dummies song. Mm. <laughs> yeah, mmm, mmm, mmm. I'm loving it. <laughs> I'm loving the crust of stomachs. Loving, it's, oh. it's a completely change. We're not even talking about food anymore. We're just talking about the entire back catalogue of the crash oh, test dummies. It's so sad. That song sounds sad. Are the rest of them sad? Uh, uh, find out next week. <laughs> Tune in. Like and subscribe. Woo. Well, thank you so much for coming on Book Cheat. Great to have uh, experts of chicken in the library. Crash Test Dummies for Dummies. That's the name of the podcast. Oh, that's so that's good. Great. That's good. That's very good. But thank you so much for having us on the podcast. Yeah, thank you. Uh, so we, we talk all things books on this show. Okay. Question one. <laughs> What's a book? <laughs> well, my first question for my guests is usually, have you ever been a big reader in your life or are you a big reader right now? And Pete, 
You don't know what a book is, so this, this is going to be a long answer. <laughs> a bit of a trick. I actually, yeah, I'm a actually really big reader right at the moment. I'm trying to read a chapter of a book every single day. Oh, wow. And I've been doing that since uh, August. Because I used to be like, re- there's been times in my life where I have been like really big reader for like a period of time. I've been going, reading a lot of books and uh, now is one of those periods of time and I'm loving it. McDonald's. <laughs> what are you reading at the moment? Uh, I'm currently reading a uh, book that is called... Oh, I don't know the title of it, but it's about China. You forgot to read the title. That's... I forgot to read the title. <laughs> well, you don't read one title a day. It's one no, but you got, to, you got to read the title and then the whole book. And Can I look up the title? I feel stupid not knowing the title of the book I'm currently <laughs> reading. That's Very amazing. funny. It does sound... I don't I don't want to... It sounds like I'm making up that I'm reading a book. It sounds like you're like... You're like I'm actually... Uh, Big reader right now. <laughs> what's, what's name a book? Oh, shit. It's about China. Are you now Googling? Age of Ambition. It's called Age of Ambition. Did you just Google books about China? No, no. It's in my little Goodreads app. Currently oh. reading. Update my progress. Oh, you read on, you read on a, 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 an app? No, I have an actual book, but oh, I have really? an app that I can keep track of the books that I'm reading. Is this oh, some wow. sort of non-fiction book then? It's a non-fiction book about a is a is a, a writer for the New Yorker who just has lived in China for a while, and he mm. just explains uh, China, modern China. It's actually really interesting. Wow, it's actually starting to check out. I don't think you're lying. <laughs> no, I read some this morning. I read a chapter this morning. Nah, I'm suspicious. <laughs> <laughs> I'll nah, show you the app. I'll show you the app again. It's good co- bad <laughs> I'll show you the app again. Look, good. It's right there. Yeah, but you just right update next... that yourself. You just said that that was a physical book that you're updating the progress on. Imagine yeah. how much you could be reading more words rather than updating the progress on your book app. Oh, I haven't actually updated the progress yet. I'll oh, update it, it once zero. I finish reading it. Uh... Do you have an app? No, I don't have the Goodreads apps. Can you explain how exactly how it works with you update your progress? Well, you just like you put in, you can keep track of the books that you want to read. So, for example, if you're in a bookshop, you, you can scan the book cover and it'll go, oh, that's that book. And it's I'll chuck it in. It's currently scanning your shoulder. Oh, wow. Does it you're, scan me? Yeah, it's saying you're. <laughs> Idiot. No, <laughs> yeah, you got me. You got me. <laughs> and then you can just keep track of the books that you've read and you can keep track of what you want to read. And it has like. Uh, I find it really handy to. Oh, imagine if because I'm always wanting. I was always like, I'll see a book. I'm like, oh, I want to read that at some point, and then I'll forget that I. Ever I love it because right now, because people do suggest books. For yeah, you to it'd do be really handy. Show. Mm. So that would be a great way of keeping track. And people could follow you. You could create a book cheat little profile. Can you, you create a profile? Because and at the end of the oh. at every episode, I get the guests and myself to rate the book out of five. Yeah, and you can do the reviews and stuff. Fantastic, oh, guys! Cool. Stay tuned. It's going to be happening. <laughs> wow. Thank you, Pete. That's all right. Uh, and Beck, over to you. Are you a big reader? Ever been a big reader? I used to be a huge reader because I was a nerd. See, I get this That's a lot on the show, need. and this my story mm. as well. Dropped used off so to be. this show but, forcing me to read. But, but that's because every, where I went every day had a library to sit in rather than going outside and doing physical <laughs> activities. So of course yes. I was sitting in the library, and of course there were a bunch of books there. So I used to read so many books. Um, but I, yeah, I really, it's really dropped off. I got into eBooks real big. Like I had one of those, I had an Amazon Kindle thing before you could get them here. Like I was so into that. Yeah, wow. And then that dropped off. And then I, yeah, I have, I, it's so sad. I've got a lot of coffee. I, I read coffee table books. But <laughs> <laughs> that's what I do. You know, you can Is look at the picture. Yeah, yeah, you look at the pictures. One, one chapter a day? Uh, no, you look at the page. One picture a day. One yeah. picture, you go, oh, oh that's that. nice. That's a nice album cover but, from the Beatles. But the last, <laughs> <laughs> how did you get in my head? Uh, but, yeah, the last book I read was um, the third book of the Dirk Gently series, which oh, wasn't yeah. that long ago because I did, I did read through them maybe the start of the year or last year, but I just don't have a lot of time to read, which is very sad. Listen to a lot of audiobooks, which I like audiobooks. 
because you can walk and listen. Mm. But there's too much to look at at the moment or to listen to and to watch. Oh, I hear this complaint a lot. <laughs> there's too much to look at. To listeners of this podcast? <laughs> They're like, too much to listen to. <laughs> I'm not listening to that. Yeah, it just feels like there's so much to consume and different ways to consume it. Mm. it it's hard to justify sitting down and reading a book when I could be doing something else and consuming something else, which is terrible. Like, you should mm. focus. Um, but, yeah, I wish I, I wish I did get back into books. Books are, books are good. And they live on forever. It blows my mind when you can read a book that is a thousand years old. Yeah. Mm. It, it, it's crazy. <laughs> Someone yeah. put their thoughts down and I can still read them. Mm. <laughs> mm. really makes you think. <laughs> you think about one day, a thousand years from now. People will be still lacking and subscribing <laughs> the pod. Yeah, MP3s, man, they're going to Kentucky Fried Chitten's going <laughs> to... Chitten. Kentucky Fried Chitten. <laughs> ah. Which is what they call chatting in the future. <laughs> yeah, they really changed it. Mm. They changed every word by one letter. <laughs> well, today we are here <laughs> to talk about a classic. And if you haven't heard the show before, uh, thanks so much for, for joining us. Basically, I get two guests every week and I tell them about a classic book and at the end you get to rate it. So basically, you can go to a dinner party and pretend you've read this book. Yeah. Dinner parties. We I go lo- to them still. I love dinner parties. You go, you go, hi. Hi, I'm here for the dinner Friend. party. Uh, this is a drive through This is McDonald's. <laughs> What's it going to be? But today we are talking about a science fiction and adventure classic. I'm going to be talking uh, talking you through 20,000 Leagues Under the Sea, written by French author Jules Verne. Now, have either of you read this classic? I don't think so. No. I think I've read a picture book version of it. Is that Would such a thing exist? Like a Disney-fied mm. version of 20,000 Leagues Under the Sea, like a, a golden book style? It feels real. That's very possible because it is, obviously, so, it's very old, so mm. out of copyright, so people can mm. turn do whatever, do whatever they want, they want yeah. with it. And it's, so it's been adapted into many things, movies, TV shows. Yes. So I would imagine the picture I've, book could I've be. I've watched The League of Extraordinary Gentlemen, so I know a lot about this book, I think. The League of Extraordinary Gentlemen <laughs> has come up before on this show. When I, uh... It's a mess, but it was the first... DVD that I bought from Blockbuster. So why did I buy that? Not sure. Why did you buy it from a store you could rent it from? (laughs) There's so many questions. I have no answers. Uh, So we talked about um, the picture of Dorian Gray was the first episode of this Uh, podcast. And he appears also, I'm told, in the League of Extraordinary Mm -hmm. Gentlemen. Correct. How does uh, the League Under the Sea fit into this? Well, look, I'm not – I have looked – I feel so that it's weird to come into a podcast unprepared because usually I come in and I'm like, I've got all these notes, but I've tried nuggets. to come in with nothing. <laughs> yes, and lots of chicken. Um, but is Captain Nemo in this book? One of the main characters. Yes. So I think he's in it and there's a big old submarine, if I recall yes. correctly. Captain Nemo is in League of Extraordinary Gentlemen and he does have a big old submarine. And one of the yeah, other big, big characters in this is a big old submarine. So. Oh. Well, we'll get to that. Uh, first of all, <laughs> this book was suggested by Lewis Angel from Cardiff in Wales. Basically, people can suggest books and you can do that by clicking on the link in the description of this episode. Follow that through and tell me why I should do that book or play. Get into it. And thanks to Lewis for suggesting 20,000 Leagues Under the Sea. So just a slight background. The full title is 20,000 Leagues Under the Seas, a tour of the underwater world. I like it. It's been known for a long time (laughs) as 20,000 Leagues Under the Sea because that was how it was translated from French. Um, but originally it's C's. I reckon it needed an edit. That title needed a bit. Of, someone needed to come in and go, oh, I probably don't need to say C's and water. A tour and... of the underwater world. Calm down. It's like the in the, the Facebook 
It's like uh, drop <laughs> the S. <laughs> I was written by French author Jules Verne, as I said, originally serialized from March 1869 through to June 1870. So it came out over a year. Wow. I love people, those serial. Like, people I, were waiting for it. I wish that was still a thing. Like I would get into that. Like Jane Austen used to do that, didn't she? Like she used to go, here's a, here's a bit of... Ooh. <laughs> he's a bit of woo. Ooh. He's a bit of whoop. Ooh. Okay. Okay. Ooh, how's your father? <laughs> he's a bit of sexist, <laughs> vaguely sexist stuff. Actually, was she a feminist? Never mind. Let's not get into that. Continue this. Yeah, that's right. Different I think episode. We should, we should definitely take on one of the most acclaimed female writers of all time. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Finally, take Jane Austen down a peg or two. It's time. <laughs> Uh, the sci-fi adventure story was acclaimed upon publication, adding to Verne's fame after he had published Journey to the Centre of the Earth Ooh. in 1864. That's uh, Brendan Fraser's best. Oh, what a guy. <laughs> <laughs> and hopefully soon to be reviewed in another Do Go On spin-off podcast, Phrasing the Bar, that Jess Perkins <gasps> and Matt Stewart keep threatening to host. <laughs> I saw the the gif. Was it a gif of the Brendan Fraser's pants? <laughs> yeah, I, what movie is that from? I have no idea. So there was a gif of was, Brendan Fraser. Was Brendan Fraser in that movie, or have I made the wrong reference? Oh yeah, he was in Journey to the Center of the okay, Earth. Yes, he is. And yeah, the gif cool. you speak and Journey of. Two stars The Rock. Journey Two. Journey Two. This time it's personal. Is that the second one? The sequel to Journey to the Center of the Earth it's is Journey, Journey two, two, and it stars The Rock. Does it have a two? Does it say Journey to the Center of the Earth? It's entirely possible. I can't remember, but I know it's Journey Two with the number two. As in the second one, as in the sequel, starring The Rock, <laughs> instead of Brendan Fraser, who by this point in time was not The Rock. <laughs> do you reckon at any point during the film, in that film, which I haven't seen, yeah. do you think they would go, well, we've got to get to the centre of this big rock, and then they confused Well, I don't think his name, yeah, I don't think his character name is The Rock, but it's one of many instances <laughs> where sequels or spin-offs to Brendan Fraser films eventually star The Rock. Wow. Oh, yeah, of course. Like the money. Like the mummy and the scorpion king. king. Which you'll hear all about and I assume phrasing the bar. (laughs) (laughs) How great is it that we've made we've started to make this podcast into that? (laughs) I know. Watch out, Jess and Matt. (laughs) We're coming for you. It's not even the right Jules Verne book. Uh, he later went on to write uh, Around the World in 80 Days a few days, a few years later. A few days later. <laughs> a few days later. It was prolific. He was knocking them out. He was like R.L. Stein, getting them out there, quick. <laughs> uh, Verne is often referred to as one of the fathers of the science fiction genre, along with H.G. Wells and Hugo Gernsback. <laughs> well, I'd, I'd knock Hugo off that list. <laughs> <laughs> Less famous, but there you go. Uh, because it was written in French, there are a few different Eng- English translations. That explains the C's versus C controversy. Yep. Uh, I have gone with the version translated by James Reeves. Oh. Mm. So thank you to James. <laughs> <laughs> shout out to James. You can follow him on Twitter. I think that's at nice. James Reeves. To, to shout out to translators. They do. They basically they do, do write a book. It's a, it's a lot of work. Like it's, yeah, that's a crazy amount of work. And, and You've got to hop on Google and put in <laughs> one sentence and then and hit the, translate and, and then the, go, is that right? <laughs> that doesn't sound right. <laughs> but I think of, you know, there's so many times in anime where they've, translated wrong and you've ended up with characters who aren't quite right or like mm. weird storylines involving people. Or well, they the translate about out. going, what the hell is happening? <laughs> yeah, or they translate out anything gay. Good they translate you. it out. Yeah, is that like a feature that. on Google Translate? Because that sounds pretty oppressive. <laughs> <laughs> homophobic Google Translate. <laughs> well, uh, all right, so the book opens. There are 38 chapters in this book. Oh. All qu- they're very quite, they're quite small chapters. That seems, yeah. That's... Okay, maybe that's all right. Yeah. I'm on and board. I imagine that that would be because it was serialised. Yes. So it was in Where was it form. published in serialised form? 
Was it just like he would just release a chapter? A chapter, uh, so in a magazine. Okay, okay. <gasps> okay right. Oh, yeah. kind of like those ones where you can build a robot or something. But you're yeah, building so a, lot, a book. A lot of these books, like uh, Dorian Gray was also serialized. It actually wasn't serialized. That came mm. out as one big because it's quite a short novel. Mm. So they would feature often short stories and mini novels in these okay. magazines. But at the end, can you? I reckon they should, it should come in a big folder. Remember how like you used to get like James Bond collections of magazines? And then and you put them along the, the your shelf, and it just says oh. 007 James Bond. Yes. And if you miss one, it says James Bond. Damn it! Damn. Like that would be great. I hope they did that, or at least you got like a fun toy, like a like a like a whale, like a submarine or something. Oh. Which we'll get to. <laughs> All right, chapter one of 38. Uh, oh, <laughs> oh, boy. Uh, yeah. Strap in. All right. All right, the book opens in 1867. Nah, that's bad. Bad no, stuff. You prefer it. Yeah, change yeah. it. Nah, change, change it. it day. 1869. Love it. Yeah. Nice. Yes. Now you're cooking with gas. Uh, Professor Pierre Aranax introduces himself to us. As a professor from the Paris Museum of Natural History. You want me to believe that this is written by a Frenchman? Yeah. <laughs> a Pierre? <laughs> All right, come on. Uh, he tells us of a mysterious incident that happened to a ship in the Atlantic. It was suddenly struck by something sharp and found to have a large triangular hole in the ship's armour, as if it had been attacked by machinery. Oh. Ah. Mysterious opening. Aranax was in uh, New York at this point on his way back to Paris when the story broke and it was big news around the city. It turns out that this is just the latest in a long line of incidents happening around the world. Ships have been uh, reporting for over a year seeing an enormous unidentified object in the ocean for nearly 12 months, as I said, over a year. (laughs) (laughs) The objects that were spotted were reported to be whale-like, but much bigger and faster than a whale. Here we freaking go. So in many ways, not whale-like at all. (laughs) It was spotted all over the place and people theorised that maybe it was a giant sea creature or sea serpent that was thought to be extinct. But wasn't extinct. Oh, hello. <laughs> uh, governments denied knowledge of having built a submarine, which is another theory. And narrator Aranax was approached to write an article on this because he's an expert in the field of marine biology. He'd written a book called "Quote the Mysteries of the Great Depths of the Sea." Can I ask a question about submarines? Did submarines already exist at this point in time? Very, very shit ones. Okay, <laughs> like just a just a wooden sort of. Box that you went. In. It was a yeah, box. yeah. It was a coffin. Someone threw in the water one Whoops. time. <laughs> yeah, not like the ones that you're imagining. Okay, mm. and they were not nuclear powered. <laughs> they were not nuclear powered submarines. Okay, just to confirm. But you... people of the governments of the world all came out and said it ain't us. It ain't us. Mm. It's not like governments ever lie, guys. <laughs> mm. uh, his article, Aranax, thought it might be a giant narwhal, or as he puts it, a sea unicorn. Uh. He's an expert, all right. <laughs> he knows what he's talking about. Is this the first case of like someone saying like they were on Reddit? You know that <laughs> thing that oh, Redditors used to go like, in order to recognise each other, let's all say, oh, this is awful. They were like, the narwhal bacons at mi- midnight. Like it's oh. something that they pretend. Oh. Hang on, what? So, it's like, <laughs> you know. If in order to recognize another person who used Reddit, you would say this phrase and then they would know you used Reddit. Why didn't you just say, hey, I'm also on Reddit? Because Reddit is a terrible and I think this people, is representative of that. I might lie. I'm also on Reddit. No, no. But what do you code. know? Really? Yeah, what's the code? What's well, the terrible I'm code? I'm really on Reddit. You well, know, Bacon's a midnight. Uh, and what's the, what's the correct reply? I don't know if there is one. I think you just you say, say that. Like, stakes up. I think I would just say, 
get away from me. <laughs> Go away. But anyway, the, it's, it's very... just interesting novels. I don't think they come up much. And I think that's why. These are the two big. instances in history. Yeah. That awful phrase. And then, and then a beautiful sea book. unicorn. It's a strange strange phrase, mm. the sea unicorn. Of course, the narwhal, if you don't know what it is at home, it's, that's the whale with the giant sort of tusk mm. coming out of its Which head. Which is an insane animal. It is crazy looking. Mm. Yeah. That's cronkers. Is it also, still about? They still about? Yeah, they, they exist, yeah. yeah. They're still about? Cool. Well, the American Navy, meanwhile, aren't taking any chances. They want to track down this potential beast that's been put in holes in ships around the world. Mm. The creature wasn't spotted for two months and suddenly it appeared, so the Americans quickly decided to send the fast frigate, the Abraham Lincoln. Ooh. What? And just three hours before the ship sailed, Professor Aranax himself was invited by the Navy to join in the expedition because he's an expert in the field. Guys, was Abraham Lincoln a ship? I thought he was a president. I think he's both. Okay. I think the president was a boat. Yeah, that, that that's was he a boat true. before he was the president? Uh, he, the, he was president while he was also a boat. Okay, the timeline's a bit muddy on this. Yeah, one. yeah. <laughs> it was not a man; he was a boat. Was the boat shaped like his head? Uh, yeah, he was a it was a hat shaped boat. Cool, with a like a the hat was beard? a smaller boat. Okay, right. as opposed to a boat shaped hat. <laughs> yeah, 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 that's ridiculous. Yeah. Sorry, that's dumb. <laughs> You've said the dumbest thing. <laughs> that's so dumb. Uh, so he gladly accepts the invitation, but with limited time to pack, he had to just throw things into a case very quickly. Fortunately, he was accompanied by Consul, his loyal servant who goes everywhere with him without hesitation or question. Oh. Oh. His name is actually Consul. Oh, okay. Yeah. Oh, I wish he had some agency. A Flemish man. Quote, this is uh, him describing Consul. He had only one fault, and that was that he was so extremely polite that it sometimes got on my nerves. <laughs> All right. What a cool guy. <laughs> he would never speak to me directly, but would never, and he would never say, shall I come with you? But always, does the master wish me to come with him? Oh, yuck. Cool. <laughs> yeah, what a butthead. Uh, the answer was yes, and he got Consul to pack his trunk, and they made it just 10 minutes before the ship slash president took off. Yep. Consul has a bit of dry humour in the book, which I really quite like. Aranak <laughs> says to him, we're going to chase the monster, a glorious adventure, dangerous too. Consul says, I will do as the master pleases. Are you quite sure you want to come? Well, you may never come back, you know, as the master pleases. Oh. <laughs> he always puts the master first. Are they gonna do Did you say he's Flemish? <laughs> yeah. What's that? Oh, Flemish. It's a, it's a region in, uh, between Belgium and France, hmm. I believe. <laughs> I think I think it's Why actually. Are you laughing I at think that? it's no. It just it's. I know, but it sounds like you, if you had to make up where. Fle- oh, like, oh yeah, he's from Flemland, <laughs> in between France and Belgium. I'm uh, just looking it up now. So it is in Belgium. Yep. Uh, but they speak Dutch. So the Dutch. Dutch speaking Belgians. Yes. All right. Have you made up that thing? <laughs> no, that's true. You made so far. Flemish? You've mailed up a narwhal. <laughs> yeah. No, the flames. A boat and uh, flems. There you go. Uh, on board, they met Commander Farragut, who announced a huge reward for anyone on board who spots the creature. Two grand is offered to anyone. Whoa. Can, this is in 1867. So That's like, a lot of cash. Like a lifetime supply of money. That's still fine. I like, know. That'll get you. I'd spot a monster for two grand. Imagine the amiibos you could buy. That's what I imagine everything in. The amount of amiibos I could purchase. Guys, yeah, they say stop me buying amiibos. $2,000. $2, How many amiibos is that? <laughs> That's what I always ask. <laughs> It's getting annoying for my work account. 
I don't know what an amoeba is. I'm gonna. I also don't know, but I was, oh, I was going oh, along hoping that Dave was about to say something. Like Pete's, gonna, Pete's been asking all the questions so far. Here we go, Pete. <laughs> I just assumed it was the sort of person that lives in Flemland. <laughs> <laughs> Let's leave it at that. Can, can you confirm what an amoeba is? It's a Nintendo item that is a small figurine with an NFC chip in it. I think, and uh, <laughs> it is essentially uh, garbage. It's future plastic. That'll get in. Yeah, future landfill. Yeah, yeah, but it, you know, it it costs a lot. They're like little characters. Like you get a Mario. And you have too many. I have too many of them. How many are we talking? Uh, I don't. I, do, I don't know. Like, Gives it like more than five. Yes. Oh, more, more than twenty-five. Than, yes. Oh no, no, <laughs> that is too many. Yeah, it is too. Like many. Cl- approaching fifty. Uh maybe. Yeah. Where are they? In a cabinet at my house. Under lock and key. Under lock and key. <laughs> No one can enter. Only the narwhal. <laughs> yeah, I can unlock it. Because yeah, he just stabs it. <laughs> well, so two grand's up for grabs and many amiibos, apparently. Mm. Everyone's excited except Consul. Oh, He's just there for the master. Oh. <laughs> Classic <laughs> phlegm. Absolute Is this creep. like a love story? Like a secret love story? I didn't pick much, too much of that, but maybe. See, he seems like, to be oh. very, he's dedicated to his master. So, so maybe he's in love with him. So much of my book reading life back in high school was reading something and then talking to my friends and going like, do you reckon they were in love? I was such a girl. That's gross. But then we, you uh, know, Boys can be in love too, Beck. I don't think so. Please don't take that. Jane Austen didn't invent love. I don't, I don't think I've I ever... I think a Mr. William Shakespeare did. Mm. Dave, is that correct? That is absolutely right. I knew did he it. invent the word love? Is that like one of his things he invented? He invented the concept of love. Before that, there was nothing. There was only lust. <laughs> that sounds pretty good. <laughs> Fifty years of lust. Everywhere, everybody was very horny before <laughs> Shakespeare came along and changed it slightly. He just rebranded lust. He rebranded lust. What to a cool love. dude! It's, it's very, very true. And uh, being a Shakespearean expert, I'd love to get you back on a, another episode where we talk well, Shakespeare. I'd love that. <laughs> <laughs> so, looking for the beast the, of the, two backs. <laughs> say again. The beast with two backs. That mean. Let's not. Let's get not into get into it. it. <laughs> <laughs> They're looking for the beast. Uh, the ship had all sorts of nets and equipment for capturing it, but standing out the most was Ned Land, the king of harpooners in quotation marks. Whoa. Hmm. Ned Land, bit of an ironic name because he spent his life on the sea. Yeah. What's the opposite of nominative determinism? Nominative... Non-nominative determinism. Unnominative. He was a powerfully built six-foot French Canadian man. Who liked Aranaxes, oh. they could speak French to each other. Ah. Oh, I like that. That's good. Ned was doubtful that, because everyone else on the ship's American uh, Navy people, Ned was doubtful that they were, what they were hunting was a whale, but he stuck to his harpoon just in case. He thought it was something else. Hmm. So the ship was off and it travelled from ocean to ocean and all the sailors on board were glued to their telescopes hoping to be the first to spot the beast and claim the reward. But nothing. They didn't see anything. Hmm. It was false alarm after false alarm for three whole months. Hmm. Everyone had given up hope. And the commander announced that if they hadn't seen the creature in three days, they would all go home. Oh. They tried their best to attract the creature. Quote, huge sides of bacon were trailed after the ship. Bacon? <laughs> Narwhal, bacon, midnight. What? <laughs> I'm not even... Is that where this comes from? No, anyway. That, that, maybe. I think Ugh. it must be. I think oh. you've absolutely nailed it. Let's, let's hold out for a midnight reference. <laughs> this phrase is getting worse. Narwhals love bacon. We all know that. Aranax and Consul were preparing for the return journey on the third day. Everyone's given up. When a shout was heard from the sceptic harpooner himself, Ned Land, something had been spotted. Uh Uh-oh. 
It was nighttime, and in the waves a few miles away, the men stared at a huge, bright light under the water. Nighttime. Midnight. Nearing midnight. <laughs> is this literally where this is from? I think you might have just. Disc- I think yeah, so. Okay. I'm hoping. It's too many coincidences, is it? Point. Nah, well, bacon and well, let's hold that. Nighttime. Out. Like, oh, bunch of Reddit nerds. <laughs> Well, it could be. An electric light beneath the waves is what they were looking at. The men reasoned it was an electric narwhal. So an electric <laughs> sea unicorn. That's cool. It's going to be an electric narwhal. A giant electric Like bigger than any narwhal that's ever been seen before. Commander Farragut, who's in charge of the boat, ordered people to not go near the unknown beast until it could be seen in the daylight. But fear not, the beast came to them. Woo. Circling the boat and even going underneath them. Woo. They made it through the night and spotted the creature a few miles away in the daylight and it was decided that they should chase after it, get close, and then Ned would harpoon it. I love when you're investigating something so you just kill it. It's very old school thinking. I'm going to stab it. We will find out many times throughout the book that Ned just loves killing. (laughs) He loves to kill. Uh, It was full steam ahead and they uh, they were gaining on the mysterious animal, but every time they got close, the beast would accelerate away into safety. The cat and mouse game just went on for hours. Hmm. Quote, the crew were angry and started swearing at the monster who took no notice at all. (laughs) The next line is, quote, Commander Farragut was biting his beard now. Ooh. Everyone deals with stress in different ways. That's a bit weird. You have a beard. Is that what you do? No, I don't think I can. It's not long enough. It's got to be a long beard. I wish I had a beard. You can. Just give it a go. Believe Believe in yourself. I just no. I just feel like it would. It's a good place to just hide your shame. But I've tried. Also, I've tried really hard to push one out. It's not happening. <laughs> it is not. Are happen. you currently on a mission to get one out? Here we go. That's done nothing. Yeah. That has done absolutely nothing. What? How how long can you get? Uh, it, the the hairs will get long, but then there's like literally one centimeter gaps in between some of them. Oh, wow. that is no. What is what is I don't know. What is wrong with you? Wrong with you? <laughs> that, that's a good question. No, what is up with beards? Like I just don't like. Why can't I? Get, I mean, no, I know. <laughs> Never mind. <laughs> you know why? So why can't I? No, get I'm okay. That's a great question. Yeah. Talk to a doctor. <laughs> I mean, can can you talk to a doctor? About can you go to a doctor and ask? Why can't I grow a beard? I feel like you can. Yeah. I feel like you'd ask that, but they'd probably be like, "You're wasting my time." <laughs> I feel like you could go to a hairdresser. Might know maybe. Mm, I'd go with a doctor. <laughs> I go with a doctor before a hairdresser. They've done a little bit more study. Yeah, a little bit. A little bit. Only a little bit. <laughs> you can use mascara on the hairs on your face and give yourself a bit of a beard. Mm, don't do that. Yeah. <laughs> As a doctor, I recommend <laughs> not doing that. Thank you so much. I think that will look. As good. a doc- doctor and uh, Shakespeare expert, I recommend <laughs> the doctor. Of, doctor of Shakespeare. If doctor you of Shakespeare. If you oh, will. Wow. If you will. Doctor nope. Shakespeare. They call me Doctor Shakespeare. <laughs> That sounds like a cool name for someone, like, rapping in the 90s. As someone like me, who was also a rapper in the 90s, cool. named Dr. Shakespeare. So you're a doctor, a doctor of Shakespeare and a rapper. And, and yes, the proud, answer is yes. Proud beard owner. The only two are me and Buster Rhymes. Wow. <laughs> also a doctor of Shakespeare. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> he did chose not to refer to himself that way, though, but no. that's his job. He has his PhD, though. He does. <laughs> <laughs> Night again, Fallon. The creature was spotted. Illuminated, but lying still and possibly... Possibly asleep. So oh. the thing is asleep. Ned decided he could sneak sneak up on it quietly, and when he got within twenty feet, he threw his powerful harpoon at it. It hit the creature in its side, and it just made a terrible clang. Oh. Uh oh. The beast seemed to to awake 
shot water out of its blowhole, and in the commotion, <laughs> Professor Aranax was thrown overboard in the dark ocean below. Oh, boy. Luckily, in his own words, he's a good swimmer. <laughs> Backs himself. Well, he says that he's a good swimmer, but within only a couple of minutes, he found himself sinking and fearing he was about to drown. <laughs> oh, my God. I'm a good swimmer. Wait, no. Oh, 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 oh I greatly overestimated my abilities here. <laughs> he cried out for help and then slipped beneath the waves, but seconds later was hoisted back to the surface oh. by his trusty sidekick, Consul. <gasps> oh, Consul. Done it again. Who dived in after him. Oh. Then he heard, quote, if the master would have great kindness to lean on my shoulder, the master would swim more easily. Love this guy. They he are still looks love. like that. I'm going to write a fan fiction. They're definitely like he. Just I I feel like someone's already written that fan fiction. Is that you, Pete? Yeah, Doctor Shakespeare in the nineties. Oh it was all in rap. <laughs> in a way, Shakespeare was the original rap artist. Oh, can we? Can he be out of the podcast now? <laughs> so now they're all alone in the dark ocean, and the boat is nowhere to be seen. They floated around, tread for. Tread water for hours, hoping a boat will be sent to rescue them. But sadly, they seem to be out of luck. They oh. fell overboard quite a distance. Yeah. Yeah. Aranax fainted, and when he came to, Ned the Harpoonist was standing over him. I don't even know if harpoonist is a word, but I really like it. Yeah, I think it's... Harpoonist? Uh, that's a harpoon expert. <laughs> <laughs> was that the 80s you were? <laughs> yeah, in the 80s I was a harpoon oh, expert. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. So the harpoonist... Yeah, correct. <laughs> was standing over him. He too had fallen overboard and had landed on the beast that he was attacking. Well, But it wasn't a beast at all, but a giant metal submarine. Holy ba- crud. Ba- ba- are you kidding me? Here we are. Here we are. Uh, the sub was above the water and cruising along, and Aranax, Ned, and Council all stood al- atop it as it raced, raced along the seas, praying that it just it wouldn't die. <laughs> oh, my God. After several hours it did, and panicking, the men began to kick the metal sub. It didn't appear to have an entrance. They're looking for an entrance to get inside, right. but they can't yeah. find it. But obviously, roused by the noise, the face did appear through a hatch to briefly look at the intruders, and then eight more faces quickly appeared in masks and then dragged the men inside the sub. And was this while they were underwater? As it's, as it's about to go underwater. Right. These men appear, grab them inside just in time, and then the, I feel it like dives. Underwater. As a kid, that was one of my big fears was being on a submarine as it got submerged. I think because maybe there's a Batman, like an old... You know the Adam West Batman? Oh, yeah, yeah. I think, I think that that happens in an Adam West Batman. Like a bam, pow, pow. submerged. <laughs> but the, big, the big three. Yeah. And you know when you've just got a fear in the back of your mind of something that's never going to happen to you? you being, yeah, being on a... I don't think I'm going to be on a submarine as it submerges. It's, uh, that's my new big fear. <laughs> oh, no. I never thought it could happen to you me. You seem terrified. Yes, <laughs> I can tell. <laughs> Well, I'm just as terrified as this happening to me. The three men were manhandled into a pitch black room and locked inside. Oh. After no, feel- that's kind of nice. It's like a nice holiday. You know, you pay for that now. That's like a deprivation tank. In comparison to the submarine diving. Yeah. yeah. With you on top. And anything feels like a Love a manhandle yeah, in that great. situation. <laughs> mm. After feeling around and realizing they were alone with only a table and some chairs in the room, a bright electric light suddenly illuminated them and in walked two men. It was obvious who the leader was. Especially oh. to Professor Aranax, who described the leader as, quote, I was sure that he was the finest man they had ever seen. Oh. There you go. Do you reckon he had a hat? Granny had. He has a beard. He does have a beard. Oh. Two hats. A boat-shaped hat? One for each year. <laughs> Ooh. He had earmuffs? Yeah. <laughs> Ear hats. <laughs> Fine though he may be, the prisoners found it hard to communicate with him. He spoke an unknown language and the men told their story to this captain, or who they assumed was the leader, in French, 
then English, then German, and finally Latin, but nothing seemed to make sense to the fine man who just left them. Thinking they were going to starve, suddenly a lot of food appeared in metal cloches. It was a bit it was a bit fancy and the men gorged themselves before sleeping on the padded floor they found themselves standing on. Do they um do metal cloches exist outside of MasterChef in this book? I've never seen a metal cloche. I've never seen one for sale. No. I don't no. I've only seen them used as props in MasterChef parodies. That's the other place they are. I feel like it's an olden days thing, a metal cloche. They come the, out and they're like, and here is the meal. And to me, it makes a noise. Yeah. But why is that not? That's so fun. It is fun. It's like, also. I want to do that with my lean cuisine. Just go, woof, it's crap. I mean, I'm, I'm sure you can. I'm sure there's a kitchen store where you can buy a cloche. I want a cloche for Christmas. Is this going out after Christmas? This is going out, I should have said at the start, January 1st. Happy New Year. Happy, Happy New Year, Year, everybody. Happy New Year. I still want a cloche. Give okay. me a cloche. Get it, a cloche. Things yeah. haven't a changed. A New Year's cloche. Fetch a cloche yeah. console. Is that a, a resolution? Yeah, my New Year's resolution is buy me a cloche, please. <laughs> okay. It's a weird resolution. Really putting but... that on me. Yeah. Dave. <laughs> well, the men awoke after a, a bit of a sleep after their, their big, big mm. meal. We can all relate to after Christmas Day, am I right? Oh, exhausting. Oh, my God. After a couple of cloches. <laughs> <laughs> Time for a nap. No, you don't eat the cloche, Pete. No, Stop you, eating you the eat cloche. You eat the cloche. No, Pete. Mm, mm, mm. <laughs> Inedible. <laughs> um, so Harpoon and Ed, who was not one to take things lying down, started getting very very angry and uh, about being locked up, and he put forth an escape plan, which was basically, let's overpower the crew and escape. Great Not a plan. great plan. Great plan. Aranx, a submarine. <laughs> Aranx agreed only to silence him and told him to patiently wait his time, which mm. Ned agreed to. Until seconds later, a door opened and the other man, the one who wasn't the greatest specimen ever seen, mm. he appeared within seconds. Ned had him in a chokehold. Oh. Ned. Su- I said, wait. <laughs> First man he sees, I'm going to kill him. <laughs> Suffocating the poor man when these words were announced, spoken calmly and in French. Calm yourself, Mr. Land, and you, Professor, please listen to me. Ooh. Those words were coming from the leader from before. Oh. <gasps> the beautiful man. Who was the captain of the submarine. And it turns out he can speak French, English, German, and Latin and could understand them the whole time. Uh, he was just punking them. Oh, I love a classic punk. Punked. That's really fun. You get you bring someone into your submarine, you put them in a dark room, and then you punk them. That's punk a good punk. Punked. I reckon they should do that too. I reckon, yeah, I reckon... Justin Timberlake. Yeah, I reckon Dax should do that to Justin Timberlake. Yeah. <laughs> or Frankie Muniz, one of the two. Yeah. <laughs> While they're, like, filling up at a petrol station or yeah, something. It's yeah, it's just like, yeah. I, don't I don't understand anything you say. Actually, in fact, I understand Latin, so... Woo! Punked you. You just got punked by Dax. Cry me a river, Justin. <laughs> uh, he also explains, the captain, that he's deciding what to do with the men. The captain has purposely cut himself off from the world and was annoyed at these three men for finding him. He tells them that he's come to the decision that they can live freely on the submarine if they agree to one condition. That is, they must obey him without question. And sometimes he might have to shut them up for a few days so they don't see certain things that happen. What? Huh? That's not... hmm. That condition is a lot of conditions, though. Well, he also adds the men can't leave ever, which for me is a huge second caveat. (laughs) There's only one condition. Also, you can't leave. Also, 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 also. But is he like, do this or I'll kill you? Like, what's the alternative? Well, he considers them prisoners of war after they attacked him with a harpoon. Very fair. And in the end, it boils down to agree to my plan or die. I agree to the plan. Yum, yum, clutch, clutch. Love the plan. (laughs) Love the cloches. Hmm. Uh, The man explained that his name is 
Captain Nemo. Ah, from the League of Extraordinary Gentlemen. And the submarine that they are aboard is called the Nautilus. Also from the League of Extraordinary Gentlemen. Mm. Also a frequent trivia question if you're at a a pub quiz. Name the submarine from the 20,000 Leagues Under the Sea. So Nautilus, everyone, committed to memory. Why why is it called the Nautilus? Do we know? Was there like a... Uh, Because he's not on the nice list. Ah! (laughs) Is this a Christmas book? It's a Christmas book. This is this is the Nautilus that uh, <laughs> that Santa's Santa. always keeping track of. Wow! Hey, and so if you're on his Nautilus, then you're under the he's ocean. Stolen you. He's stolen you, and he's chucked you on the Nautilus. Wow! Well, a Nautilus is a uh, it's a mollusk, an underwater mollusk. Oh, it's very beautiful, actually. Oh, it is pretty. Oh, it's cute. It's like a big. Um... Oh, I've seen plenty of them before. Actually, <laughs> that is beautiful. <laughs> <laughs> it's like a shrimp. So there you go. Good question. I hadn't thought to look that up. Hmm. Uh, the Nautilus would be going around the world again, and Nemo mysteriously added that it might possibly be his last time doing so. But during the journey, the scientist Aranax should get great pleasure. He said, you'll enjoy yourself whilst you're my prisoner. <laughs> hmm. uh, Nemo then spoke to his men in the still uh, unknown language and organized lunch for the men, which was a seafood delight. Cloches all over the place. They had everything from under the sea. That's where they get their food. Whale's milk, turtle steaks, sea Whales? anemone jam. Turtle what steaks. The fudge. Whale's milk. Yeah, you got to make a whale. How do you get that? How do you get that whale's milk? Oh. <laughs> you do not want to know. <laughs> oh, no. Wrong question. <laughs> uh, Captain uh, Nemo explained that he loved being under the sea because in it he's a free man, free from the tyranny of the world. Bold. Oh. So he's a quite a mysterious figure. Also, I get to enjoy these delicious turtle steaks. Oh, imagine getting a turtle out of its shell and then oh, everything. Yeah, I imagine that's the awful. sound. That's the sound. That's each leg popping out. Oh, God, it's horrible. <laughs> what do you, rather than take the shell off, you just yank a leg out. <laughs> Why not just eat fish? I mean, look, you get bored of fish after a while. That's why you're always now down on... We've got no idea how long he's been under the sea. Yeah, you've got to eat that turtle steaks and them cloches. Why not get an octopus? Like, at least octopuses, they've got a lot of legs. Like, you get a lot of... like Turtles have got plenty of legs. Yeah. Four. (laughs) Sometimes five. That's the tail, though. Okay, that's the tail. All right. Well, they didn't know that back then. No, they called dumb. that the fifth leg. <laughs> yeah. Do you think? Yeah. Sometimes six, but that's the head. <laughs> it does seem like turtles. Like I feel like people could look at them and think that they were. They're, All they're just legs. limbs. Yeah. What? That there's nothing inside the shell. Yeah, I reckon maybe when people first spotted them, maybe they thought they were just a bunch of limbs in a shell. Because mm. like there's so many like shrimps and things that are confusing. Popping them legs out. Oh. Yum, yum. Well, they popped them out and Captain Nemo turned out to be a charming host and showed Aranax around the sub, which had an amazing collection of 12,000 books in a library, Whoa. 30 paintings by the world's masters, <laughs> a lot of treasure, <laughs> jewellery that was apparently better than any museum in Europe, he said. What? Nemo also explained that he has a small boat that he can take to the surface and sail around in. Huh. But that's, that's a lot of, that would be very heavy. The boat. Yeah. Oh, this this oh, is this, this is huge. This yeah. sub's like I think three hundred feet long or something. Wow, mm. it's quite big. Nemo also explained how the Nautilus worked because after all, he was never going to leave. He said, "Sure, I'll, I'll tell." He's like, "Can I ask how it works?" And he's like, "Yeah, I'll tell you." Because who are you going to tell? You're here yeah. forever. Yeah. Uh, it was an ingenious and technically advanced sub that was powered by electricity, and it was built in secret by ordering different parts from around the world and was assembled on a secret desert island and then the plans oh were God. burnt so no one can copy wow. it. Wow. When Aranax asked Nemo if he's rich, Nemo responded infinitely. 
Cool. Court, uh, didn't you see my gallery? Uh, yeah, that I'm is, a rich. Oh, what an amazing thing to say. I, uh, <laughs> yeah. To anything, too. Are you hungry? Infinitely. Infinitely. <laughs> he said, quote, I could pay the French national debt without convenience. Without inconvenience. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I do it very inconveniently. I pay it all in pennies. Aranax wasn't sure if he was taking the piss or if he was completely serious, but just for the record, today's uh, France's national debt is 2.7 trillion US dollars, which is the equivalent of well over 26 Bill Gates. Wow. So this man, if he's not lying, is really, 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 really rich. That's very rich. How many? It's amazing that a man that rich would have to escape to under the sea. (laughs) But his choices. I think I would escape to somewhere if I was that rich. I would just escape behind a big fence. <laughs> yeah, just put up maybe two fences. I would, just in case. But I'll go in like a forest, I reckon. I'd find like if I could be rich enough to not have anyone near me. Yeah, to buy a forest. Yeah. It'd be pretty good. This guy can buy a forest. This guy can buy a forest and the ocean. Yeah, he has chosen a place where you can die at any moment. Yeah, pretty much. Whereas like at least on the land... You can sort of run. People never die there. People never die on no, the land. I, no, that's why we're forever. People stay away from the water. It's the only way to die. Yep. Uh, so the Nautilus surfaced and uh, Nima took Aranax out on the deck to show show where they were. He calculated there were a few hundred miles from Japan and from here the journey of underwater exploration would begin. Oh, still very mysterious. Five days passed and there was no sign of the captain. Every morning, Aranax would surface and breathe in the fresh air and hope to see Nemo. But every morning, all he saw was the first mate who repeated a phrase that made zero sense to him. He just said, Nortron, Respok, Lawny Virch. Nortron, Respok, Lawny Virch? Mm, which, if we put it to Google Translate, let's see what that is. Nortron, Respok, Lawny Virch. Narwhal, Bacon Midnight. Let's put it in. Detect language. What's the morning of respawned Lawny Top. Well, that makes perfect sense. It says, I assume you guys both understand it. One, two, three, let's say what that really means. One, two, three, I don't know. I love it. Bacon and midnight. Okay. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) I think it it kind of sounds like a top of the morning to you. After this long absence, a letter arrived inviting Aranax, Consul, and Ned the Harpooners and uh, asked them if they wanted to join a hunting party when the ship stopped at the Crespo Islands. Ned was excited, thinking... (laughs) Ned is like, yes! Once I get a gun and I'm on an island, I can escape. But the next day, Nemo dashes the dream when he reveals that the Crespo Islands and the forest that they will be exploring is underwater. That's right, he has his own underwater forest there. Oh, my God! Oh, he does have it! He's got a forest! But he put it underwater. That's bad. Put it up above the water. That's where Mm. you can walk around. Uh, at the time of the book's publication, divers had to be attached by an airline that tethered them to an oxygen source. They yeah. couldn't go very far. But Nemo had an, had an invention that meant the divers could s- survive with air on their backs. Basically, he invented scuba Whoa. Wow. He also invented air rifles that shot electric bullets under the water that explode when they hit their target. What a cool guy. <laughs> I know. He's done so much good for humanity. Yeah, I love it. Uh, after many hours of marching, they reach the forest of Crespo Island. Also, they do a lot of when they're diving in this book. I don't know how much diving had been done in the real world because they just walk along the bottom of the ocean, <laughs> oh. which, you know, it's probably harder to do than they thought. Uh, they got to the Crespo Island, Nemo's personal underwater forest. And to celebrate getting there, they all had a nap on a bed of seaweed, just lying there in their suits. <laughs> 
Uh, when they uh, awoke, they wandered around for ages, getting into deeper and darker water, but saw nothing that could be hunted. Remember, they're on a hunting trip. Then on the way back, Nemo suddenly took a shot and uh, he had killed, quote, a magnificent sea otter. No. What? A no. monster. He killed a sea otter, people. The no. nicest. They just hold hands. I know. They play with cups, trying to get cups into different. It's so lovely. That's not fair. Then a bird flew over the sea above them. And what did they do? Shoot it, of course. No. Quote, it was the prettiest shot I've ever seen. It was an albatross. He just killed an albatross. Oh, my goodness. So that was the hunting trip. Over the next few weeks, Nemo was hardly seen, but the Nautilus powered on and entered the southern hemisphere. Aranax heard the same mysterious phrase over and over again, which, as you all remember, Pete, what was that phrase? Uh, The narwhal bacon (laughs) midnight. Yes. And eventually he sussed it out that it could mean there is nothing in sight. Oh. Right. They always seemed to avoid land as much as they could because they didn't want to be spotted in the ocean. Yeah. Mm. Uh, the Nautilus cruised along the top of Australia, between Australia and uh, Papua New Guinea, wow. Whoa. through treacherous reefs and even got stuck on one. Nemo wasn't panicked, though, and speculated that in five days the tide would turn and uh, would be enough to carry them away. But for now, they just had to sit tight. They were near an island and thinking that he would say no, the three prisoners... Asked anyway, and they said, can we go? Can we go and check it out? And he said, yes, and organised a boat to take them there and guns to hunt what they hoped would be local game. (laughs) They love shooting stuff. It had been two months since they'd set foot on land and they were very happy when they pulled into the shoreline. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. They explored the island over the next few days and found bananas, pineapples, and beans, green beans. They also ate two roast pigeons that they shot. Oh, my goodness. They're making bad food choices. (laughs) Ned, the harpoon man, was so excited when they found a pig and then they came across a group of small kangaroos. Quote, these little kangaroos made very good eating. No! I mean, actually, that is delicious. (laughs) Have you had kangaroo? Love kangaroo. Kangaroo steak, delicious. Kangaroo in a pie, I've had. And good? That's two thumbs up. Oh, ah. yeah, kangaroo is actually quite tasty. I remember I was... As tasty as turtle steak. <laughs> oh, My second favourite food. No. I was thinking the other day... <laughs> Sorry, go. No, I feel sick now. Is that a, well, you snapping a kangaroo? No, that's me popping them turtle eggs out. <laughs> popping the eggs? Oh, you're eating the eggs Pop- as well. No, I'm not eating the eggs. That's disgusting. <laughs> oh, my goodness. You kick the eggs. Bit of fun. Oh, <laughs> like a hacky sack. Got to hey, keep him in the air. You would belong. You would go well on this summer. I feel like I'm having a great time. Yeah. You are still a harpoon man because you sound like you are. I am a harpoon man through yeah. and through, through my heart with a harpoon <laughs> like Jebediah. <laughs> <laughs> well, there is nothing that this man will not kill and eat. They lit a fire and were halfway through their feast when a stone suddenly appeared at their feet. Huh? They looked up and saw 20 native islanders looking at them, armed with bows and slings. They came towards the foreigners, showering them with stones and arrows. Quote, Ned wouldn't give up his booty. He staggered along with the remains of the pig over one shoulder and the kangaroos on the other. 
So they're in danger oh of being God. killed, and he's like, I can't give up the meat. I can't give up multiple kangaroos. <laughs> I actually relate to this. Yeah. If Grab I, the meat. Save the meat. If someone came at me and I was holding a bunch of cabana, I'd be like, yeah, no, nah, kill me. I'd rather die for this cabana. <laughs> I'll die for cabana. <laughs> Cabana's very good. It is very if good. you are setting up a cheese platter while you're listening to this, because sometimes you need something to listen to. Mm. Ignore the cheese. Just get a lot of cabana. Well, everyone my, loves cabana. Every family gathering, and I'm I'm thinking that Christmas Day, which is a couple of days from now when we're recording this, Mum will bring it out again. It's always barbecue shapes, <gasps> cabana, little cubes of cheese. Yes. yes, stack them together. Every every family gathering, Mum brings those out. Those That's cubes great. of cheese are never good. That is incorrect. Oh, what? I'm That's sorry. my third favorite food. Cubes After of kangaroo cheese. and turtle, turtle steak and two cubes of <laughs> oh, cheese. Geez. No. They're good when they're fresh, but they do dry out quickly. And often you can stick them on a wall and create, like, steps for a mouse Why that they, they eat on the way up. Yeah, I was going to say, wouldn't they just eat them? Yeah, but while they're climbing and then they get stuck up the top because they're on the, they're just up the wall. <laughs> Pizza house is just full of mice. Yeah, it's a mess. <laughs> All along the top just going, oh, I need to get down. <laughs> just mice and turtle shells. <laughs> yeah. Oh, God. Uh, so they're running away from the, the islanders, but they made it to the boat and escaped as the locals continued to pelt them. When they made it back to the Nautilus, still panicked, Aranex told Captain Nemo what, they dis- what had just happened, but he was not worried at all. He just went on playing his organ. <laughs> also, he's got an organ. That's pretty cool. Uh, the next morning, Aranex rose to uh, see 600 native people on the beach, all armed and looking at the sub, which is not that far away, just on a reef. Yeah. And at low tide, they can almost walk to them. Ooh. But after a while... When the, the tide came up, the locals approached in about 20 canoes. Aranax panicked, but Nemo assured him that they were perfectly safe and that the islanders couldn't break through the steel casing. Yeah, it's right. Don't worry about it. Let's not press them. Aranax was worried that when they needed to open the hatch to let some air in, the island warriors would just rush into the sub. <laughs> Nemo said, well, let them come. I don't see why we should stop them. Those poor devils, these Papuans, and I don't want my visit to cost a single one of their lives. Oh. Hmm. Which sounds nice. But when they opened the hatch the next day, they didn't rush in. You know why? Because he'd electrified the hatch and anyone who came too close was given a nasty shock. They didn't die, but they uh, stopped them in their tracks. Hmm. And as predicted, five days later, to the minute the tide came in, the Nautilus was carried off the reef. Hey team, Dave here to tell you that this episode is brought to you by HarperCollins and Lou Burney's fantastic new book, November Road. From award-winning author Lou Burney comes a poignant and evocative crime novel featuring a desperate chase across 1960s America set against the backdrop of the JFK assassination. Now, I'm not going to cheat this book, but I will tease it by telling you that Burney has created three very different characters who all experience something similar. Their lives are upended by events outside their control, and because of that, they're given the opportunity to change. Hmm? A little bit of a tease there. November Road has been getting fantastic reviews and some very famous writers have been sharing their love for it. Lawrence Castan, who you might know as the writer of such classic films as Raiders of the Lost Ark, The Empire Strikes Back and The Bodyguard, three of my favourites, well he's picked up November Road for film adaptation, something I'm really excited to see. And Stephen King tweeted about the book, writing, quote, when people say they want to read a really good novel, the kind you just can't put down, This is the kind of book they mean. Exceptional. End quote. High praise indeed from the main man, Mr. King. So November Road is the perfect gift for fans of crime novels, an excellent beach read, and one to get before you see the movie. 
It's available now at all good bookstores or at harpercollins.com. Lou Burney's November Road. I highly recommend you check it out. Now back to the show. Yeah, that wasn't as... Like, I felt like that could have been a cool action sequence, but it was just like, nah, and then they sort of just put a put up an electric fence. Like yeah. You would, like a cow paddock. Yeah, but I think what they're trying to set up here is that Aranax feels sorry for these men and doesn't want to attack them. That's not his enemy. Mm. His enemy is tyranny, which we'll get to. (laughs) But that's what that's trying to set up there, I think, to try and make him look like... Nemo, you mean Captain Nemo? Sorry, Captain Nemo, pardon me if I was saying that. And it's uh, people in positions of power that he's wary of. Mm. Right. Like himself. Kastab. Harpoon. Kastab. Through your heart. George Kastaba? <laughs> no. No. <laughs> uh, more time went past and Aranax began to adjust to this new normal life. But he was reminded one day of his real lack of freedom when the crew and Nemo seemed to spot something on the horizon. And Nemo appeared very angry and told Aranax that he'd have to follow his agreement and be shut up for a few days. Ooh. Hmm. He wasn't allowed to ask any questions and the three men were locked in their cell-like room, given food, and had the lights turned out on them. They immediately felt very tired and it became clear that they'd been drugged. <gasps> oh my gosh. Free drugs. How terrible. <laughs> Under the Woo! water. Boo, 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 boo. Uh, Aranax awoke and thought, uh, Why have I got this, this pacifier in my mouth and I've got all these glow sticks on me? <laughs> well, he thought it was the next morning and he was in his own room, but he couldn't tell how much time it went past. He went out on deck and everything seemed normal and calm. No sign of anything on the horizon anymore. Nemo then came and said, Are you a medical doctor? And when he answered yes, Nemo asked him if he'd come see one of his sick men. Aranax saw a man with a head wound wrapped in bloody bandages. He undressed the bandages and found a serious wound. A fractured skull caused by blunt force could even see part of the man's brain. I don't like that. No, no No, I don't think that's good. Sadly, he told Nemo there was nothing he could do for the man who died a few hours later. Oh. Aranax inquired what had happened to him to have this injury. Nemo brushed it off and said he was hurt in an accident with one of the levers from the motors. Don't worry about it. Yeah, I wouldn't worry about it. No, 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 that doesn't sound weird at all. They buried the man at sea, and Nemo described his resting resting places out of reach of sharks and man. I love buried the shark of the land. You can't bury someone at sea. Yeah, they went out in their little uh, their little costumes. Oh, like they actually they walked out there and they dug they dug a little. I buried him. Oh, that's nice then, because buried at sea is very funny to me because it's just like. Just... It's throwing someone out and being like, well, the, the creatures are living there. under the water. Yeah, that's how you'll get them. They're buried by water. Yep. They're buried by water. Sea, if you will. Or seas, if you're French. Ooh. Uh, the next day they went out for a pearl diving trip and everything seemed to be going well <gasps> until they saw a Sri Lankan diver collecting oysters and they had to hide in a little cave because they don't want to be seen by mm. any outside men. The man didn't see them and also didn't see a giant shark that suddenly appeared and he dodged its teeth, but the shark's tail knocked him out cold oh, and he no. fell flat to the bottom of the ocean. The shark was about to finish him off, but then Captain Nemo swam at the shark with a knife and stabbed it. <laughs> Sick. He kept stabbing it, but the beast was strong and f- threw him off. And just when he was about to be eaten, Ned the harpoonist attacked the shark with his harpoon and killed the beast, saving Nemo's life. Saving his captor's life. <gasps> uh, the Sri Lankan diver was passed out on the seafloor, so the four men got him into his small boat and revived him. He awoke to see four strange men in their futuristic diving suits and was very surprised. But Nemo, Nemo gave him a, a bag of pearls, very expensive, and they oh. left him. Back at the boat, Aranax later asked Nemo why he risked his life to save this unknown diver, and he replied, quote, 
That man came from a downtrodden race. And while I live, such men are my brothers. At this time, that area of the world, India and uh, Sri Lanka, mm. came under colonial rule. Mm. And he's very anti that kind of thing. Mm. 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 I don't know anything about history. This means nothing. <laughs> Fair enough. Nothing about geography. Britain, when they took over the world. That's a place. England. The world. Uh, they travelled on. They travelled to the, uh, the Mediterranean and they went through the Red Sea, which at the time was actually impossible to do because the Suez Canal hadn't been built yet. Yep, too red. The, the, <laughs> you the couldn't get through. But you know how we got there? Through an underwater tunnel, Whoa, he discovered. Oh, he did it. what? Hell yeah. And on the way to the tunnel on deck, the men spotted a dugong. Quote, Ned's eyes gleamed. He was dying to get at it with his harpoon. <laughs> oh, my God. If you know what I mean. <laughs> Gosh, he said, I've never killed one of those. Oh, what? Ned. Crazy bastard. Uh, they went after it, and uh, after a, a few minutes, he did harpoon and kill that rare creature, which they ate for dinner. There you go. That's real cool of them. That's, this is all very cool. I'll tell you what, that is not on my list of favorite foods. It's disgusting. Dugong's right out. No good. Too chewy. Seals, yes. Tentacruel. Tentacool. I'm talking about <laughs> Pokemon. Don't worry, sorry. Dugong is a Pokemon. That is right. Oh. Dugong and it evolves from seal. Mm. Is that true? With, that is true. Yeah, with two E's. Oh. Mm. Did you do a do go on about Pokemon? Is that why? No, no, I just loved it. I would love oh. to do one about Pokemon. I'm a big fan. Yeah, that makes sense. You the, should. The first first 150. Matt. Matt. Um, Can name them all. Yeah, same. Matt keeps saying. Let's um, do it now. <laughs> <laughs> Let's okay. name them all. Bulbasaur, obviously. No, no. I'm going to stop you there. I can name uh, yeah, two. Pikachu. Mm. Correct. Lady Pikachu. Okay. <laughs> that, is, that is still Pikachu. What are you talking okay. about? Is Pikachu a woman? Well, Pikachu can be a girl or a boy. Ah. I can name one. You're going to downgrade to one? I'll name Pikachu again. Oh, cool, cool. Uh, Detective Pikachu. Yes, that's good. Okay, that, that's, I'll give you that. Yeah, that's there true. Yeah, I've got an two. amiibo of that. Oh, wow. Yeah. <laughs> so... What's an amiibo again? <laughs> <laughs> it's best not to get into it. <laughs> Never mind. All right, they're travelling. Now they're in the waters of Europe. Ned wanted to escape. Aranax didn't agree as he wanted to see more of the world and the mysterious ship. He's actually enjoying himself, even though he's a prisoner technically. Oh. <laughs> I mean, it sounds like a great time. Yeah, it just sounds like they're cruising around and shooting things. Like, what is their actual mission? Like, they did hide them at one point, but then they just got drugged, and that sounds like a party. Yeah, just to travel the world. That's their mission. Yeah, to so see, he's, he's go, a multi-billionaire. Go places no one's ever been before. Hmm. But Aranax finally admitted to Ned that eventually he did want to leave. He's like, I just want to see the world, then I want to get off. But yeah. now we're in the European waters, maybe now is the best chance. Okay, we'll go for it. They decided they'd wait until they were close to land and then either swim for it or steal the boat. Mm. But Nemo must have suspected something as the Nautilus stayed underwater for most of the time and rarely went near land. Uh, Aranax saw something that intrigued him one night. When near the island of Crete, well, now a Greek I island. I don't know why I did that. Right. Uh, Crete had recently been involved in an uprising against their, quote, Turkish overlords. Aranax thought of mentioning it to Nemo but then thought, he probably hasn't heard of it, he's been at sea for so long. Then a diver that Nemo said was nicknamed the fish could be seen through a porthole and Nemo seemed to signal to him through the submarine's window. Oh. And then immediately he went to his safe and had a case loaded with gold bars, which were then taken away by four men as if to be delivered somewhere. Uh, to who but? Aranax had no idea what was going on. So he signaled a diver and then gave a whole suitcase of gold to someone. 
Oh my god! So is can I can I guess what? Yeah, happened? please guess. What do you think is so, going on? So is Captain Nemo like funding all of these revolutions? That is a good guess. And that's I why think. He's cruising oh, around. Can I? I love for Pete to <gasps> jump in as well. What are you? Yes. I think that he's using those gold bars to buy that diver. Then he's going to eat the diver. Ooh. Do you know what? Actually, can I change change my mind again? These are both great guesses. Is he using the money to pay an artist to be Banksy? And that's that's how Banksy's in all these different mm. places because Captain Nemo is funding Banksy. Look, your first guess was a little closer. Okay. <laughs> okay but right. Right. I'm still not discounting right. it because technically you could be right. Mm, we'll see. Okay. All right. So Ned followed Aaron Axe into his room one day and said they were going to escape that night at 9 o'clock. He reminded Aranax that they'd agreed that when the time was right, they would escape. Tonight, they were going to be near Spain, and this could be their best shot at escaping. Mm. Ned and Council would ready the boat, and then he would give the signal to Aranax, who would join them, and then they'd flee. So they'd steal the boat. Mm. All day, Aranax was nervous, pacing about, wondering what would happen if they were caught. He went to check if the coast was clear and found Nemo's bedroom door open. He knocked. No answer. So he went in, and on the walls of this otherwise bare monk-like room, he saw that Nemo had images of revolutionary heroes on his wall, mm. people from history. And then at 9 p.m., he was certain... Hey, wait, just like posters or like, do you reckon he'd p- painted them? Or yeah, like... like a poster of JTT. Yeah, it's just got a big... Like... <laughs> <laughs> Who else would he have? Revolutionary <laughs> hero, of course. JTT, I mean. Mm. He freed uh, the Home Improvement family. <laughs> Tra- the tailors. <laughs> he the, freed the tailors. But the evil overlord that guy through the fence. Yeah. Wilson. Yeah, Wilson. I couldn't think of his name. That fence. That's a famous home improvement quote. So that you can see Wilson's face. Oh. <laughs> uh, so he went. Uh, so he's in there. He's looking at the heroes on the wall. He's like, oh, this is weird. I've never been in this room before. <laughs> I've been in the hero room before. Hmm. Uh, then at 9pm, he was certain he was about to get the signal to escape. Then Captain Nemo himself appeared and asked Aranax if he knew much about Spanish history. He was like, oh. Oh, no, I don't, don't know what you're talking about. He started telling him what seemed like a meaningless story from history about a Spanish ship travelling back with treasure that it had looted from South America. Oh. But then it found itself about to be taken over by enemy English ships. Rather than surrender the loot, the ship sank itself and the treasure. Aranax was confused by this story and Nemo took him to the gallery and opened the sub's shutters to reveal the ocean outside where Nemo's men in diving suits were collecting treasure and jewels from the sunken ship. Whoa. There was heaps and heaps of treasure. This, it turns out, was the source of Nemo's incredible wealth. One Spanish ship? No, he travelled traveled oh, okay. around the world okay. finding sunken ships and looting them. Because at the time, no one else has a good submarine, so he's yeah, he's the only one getting down there. Drinking all these ships are sinking because they're full of heavy treasure. Yeah, too much. Why? Why are they cruising around with all this treasure? They're bringing it back from the new world. Yeah, back to the old world. Okay, (laughs) (laughs) that checks out. Now, it turns out the New World probably had an older culture than the New World all along. Yeah, yeah, the oldest world, which is now the New World, but is actually the really old world. Uh, so Aranax said, quote, it's a pity that so much wealth should lie idle when shared out it could do so much to the poor people of the world. Mm. Nemo seemed offended by this. Idle, he replied. Mm. Do you really believe I give myself so much trouble for my own profit? Do you think I don't know that men suffer, that people are downtrodden on the earth, that they are unhappy creatures to comfort, victims to avenge? Don't you understand yet? It was at that point that Aranax knew where the gold was being sent into, mm. quote, waters of rebellious Crete. Nemo was helping the revolutionist Beck had speculated. Oh, my God. Got it. 
<laughs> that Nemo. He's sending donations to the 99%. He's sending to Bernie Sanders. <laughs> He's a Sanders supporter. He's a Sanders He's a man. Bernie bro. He's a Bernie bro. <laughs> Makes sense. Uh, the next day, Ned was pissed off because they missed their chance to escape and now are hundreds of miles away from land. He was like, that was it. That was our shot. Uh, and you had to talk to Nemo about <laughs> Spanish ships. You're yeah, looking at some paintings. Uh, Nemo asked Aranax if he's tired. And when he said he's, he's like, that's weird. Uh, <laughs> no, I'm not. Uh, the, he's no, like, I know nothing about Spanish history. <laughs> yeah. and no, I'm not tired. Stop asking me these weird questions. <laughs> he said, do you want to go for a, a walk under under the sea at night for the first time? Oh. Like, okay. That is a romantic stroll. I think they're in love. I've changed my mind. <laughs> Everyone's Nemo and Aranax. Nemo okay. and Aranax Who are in love now. Who is Ned the harpoonist in love with? Who does he want to harpoon? To Murder. I think he's in love with his harpoon. <laughs> yeah. Like he loves I, it. And killing. Yeah. Killing. That's allowed. Like you're allowed to be. A murderer. A murderer if you want. In a book. Not really. <laughs> <laughs> well, he said, oh, I'll go for an underwater stroll. That sounds nice. And he was told they wouldn't need their torches. They would have natural light to guide them. And they headed off in the direction of a red light. It took a really long time to get there. And they're really, and when he gets there, he's really amazed because the red light turns out to be lava from a volcano. <laughs> and around the volcano was an abandoned ancient city, completely submerged. Atlantis? Oh, my God. Aaron, Aaronax writes, where were we? I longed to know at any price and I tried to take my helmet off to ask him. <laughs> They are a thousand <laughs> feet underwater. Absolute ding dong. No, no, that is not an option. Don't keep that. I have on. one question. Just a second. Yeah. <laughs> Nemo stopped him. He had to stop him from taking his helmet off, and instead picked up a chalky stone and got a black rock and wrote where they were. It was Atlantis. Atlantis. Hey. Well done. That's one point for each of you now. Yes. Well done. Very well done. Now a game show. <laughs> they were looking at the ancient lost city. That's right. They stood there for an hour. Thankfully, their helmets firmly still in place before going back to the Nautilus. Quick wow. sidebar. Disney's Atlantis movie is a good movie. It suffered from bad marketing and the fact that mm-hmm. it was a bit hard to market towards kids. Mm-hmm. But if you watch it, it's a good movie. Have I you haven't, guys seen it? I haven't watched it, I'm afraid. Do Mainly like- because of all the bad marketing. Yeah. This break, have a watch of Disney's Atlantis. It's fun. It's a fun romp. Is it available on Stan? I actually don't think it is. <laughs> I did look, but well, I don't think it's there. I guess I'll just piece it together from YouTube videos <laughs> titled Atlantis Part 1 <laughs> and then figure out there is no Part 6 and I'll never see the end. <laughs> yeah. Or just watch uh, Atlantis full movie and you click it and it is a one and a half hours of still image. Yeah. <laughs> With like a link below. Yeah. <laughs> like, oh, well, I guess I'll follow that. Yeah. Uh, hang on. <laughs> just someone watches that going, great movie. Yeah, I love that. Very arty. So they've been to Atlantis. It's all, all the good stuff. Now they decide to head for Antarctica. Mm. Atlantis too. They go down there. They're headed for the South Pole, South Pole, something at this time no human had ever done. And they get stuck in the ice and then Nemo says, don't worry about it. We're going to go under the ice. Whoa. What? Nemo, you're crazy. You're absolutely crazy. You doing, and he says, we'll be the first to get to the pole if there's no land between us and them. Which we now know there is. But at the time they didn't, so they just keep cruising hmm. until they get there and they are the first people to make it to the South Pole. Wow. Nemo claims the territory in his own name and, <laughs> and plants a black flag with a golden N painted on it. Okay. <laughs> what would your flag be? Also a golden N. Yeah, cool. <laughs> right on the South Pole, which uh, in this story is like in the middle of an island. Yeah. 
that's not true. But no one had been there yet. So good speculation, Jules. Yeah. But... I think in your head as a child, that is what you think it is. Mm. Like if you, like I, I, in my head, that's what it is. Just a big bit of ice. Yeah, chunk of ice. Chunk of ice. It's got a. Some penguins on it. Santa. No. Ah. Oh. Santa's okay. on the North Pole. Nah, he's everywhere. Disagree. Oh, you're thinking of Jesus. Are you doing a Bible episode? People have said, <laughs> will you do the Bible? And I've thought about, Oh boy. it's so long. Maybe I would do like a, a book. From yeah, the Bible. do a book from the Bible. Yeah. Genesis. But then also it feels like making, Exodus. That, making that funny. Is that offensive to some people? Leviticus. I mean, yeah. It's... Numbers. <laughs> Deuteronomy. <laughs> <laughs> Do a Deuteronomy episode. <laughs> Woo. I get that that request a lot. Do a Deuteronomy. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you could go like New Testament. I feel like that's shorter, isn't it? Is it? No, I don't know. Don't. I don't think there's anything short about anything. <laughs> I can do the Psalms. <laughs> <laughs> that's funny because don't do them. <laughs> you guys have more Bible knowledge than I do. <laughs> well. As Dr. Shakespeare. <laughs> <laughs> the author of the Bible. The author of the Bible. Yep. You pick up a few things. I was a prophet. That's actually also true. Oh. Yeah. One Dr. of the disciples. Shakespeare. Dr. Shakespeare was one of the disciples. One of the 12 or was he like the fun 13th? He was one of the 12. Okay. Anyway, they've made it to the South Pole. On the way back, just to speed through because there are many, many adventures on this. They get trapped in the ice. Oh, my God. Oh. It looks like they are going to die because they've only got 48 hours of oxygen. He gets down to the last minute. Aranax even passes out. His lips go blue. Good he golly. thinks he's dying. But unfortunately, they just break through the ice in time. They open the hatch and everyone lives. <sighs> then they continue traveling up uh, along the coast of South America. They see a bit of uh, where the, the Amazon meets the ocean into the Caribbean. And then this is where they get into one of the more famous scenes from 20,000 Leagues Under the Sea. A giant squid appeared. Here we go. Here we go. Here we go. Here we go. Okay. It fascinated Aaron actually. We've never seen one before. Many of the people had never seen a giant squid before, especially alive. No one had seen that at this stage. They were massive and ugly, but he wanted to sketch it as it swam alongside the sub. Then suddenly the sub stopped and was just floating along, and everyone's like, oh, the engines are so This is weird. Nemo came in and informed them that one of the squi- uh, giant squid's tentacles had got trapped in part <laughs> of the engine, and they were going to have to, quote, fight them off. Because at this stage, there were now 12 giant squids Whoa. around the sub. Hmm. And he said guns were useless against creatures like this. They had to use their hands and axes. They surfaced and the whole crew went out on deck and with axes and Ned with his harpoon, of course. And they just started nice. chopping off tentacles that were wrapped around the ship. They're just chopping and chopping. Hmm. One of the men uh, was grabbed by a tentacle and dragged off the boat and held in the air as he cried for help. In French. Aranax was terrified, but also intrigued to hear that this Frenchman spoke his language after all. Because <laughs> they've been speaking this unknown language the whole time. Hmm. They battled to save him and cut off seven of the squid's tentacles, but the only one he had left was the one holding the man, and then the squid blinded them with ink, and when they'd cleared their vision, it was gone, and so oh, was the crew member. Oh, Good no. golly. The, the other squid gave up after a couple more were killed and they were again safe, but Nemo had silent tears rolling down his face. <laughs> yeah, that's very funny. <laughs> what? The tears were silent. <laughs> <laughs> Don't look at me. <laughs> well, the next few days, Nemo grieved. It was the second crew member he'd lost on this journey now. Remember the guy that fractured his skull? Oh, uh, yeah. Meanwhile, Ned was starting to lose it. 
The sub was traveling along the coast of America, but it looks like a hurricane was about to hit, so any attempt to escape would mean certain death. And he can't stab things. He had enough time to stab things. He stabbed a few squid. Mm. And he wants to stab more squid. Ned asked Aranax if he would confront Nemo and just ask for their freedom. Remember, the he's like, can we go to that island? And he said yes. So like, maybe he'll just say yes. <laughs> Which he did. He walked into Nemo's room. He was working on a manuscript. He said it was the story of his life and that when he died, it would be put into an unsinkable case and then the last surviving crew member would throw it into the sea where it would hopefully wash up on shore somewhere. Why couldn't you just put it on the lake? Okay, whatever. Well, Aranak said, how about I tell your story? If you let me go, I'll tell it. Huh? Nemo reminded him that no one who entered the Nautilus could ever leave and the two had an argument and Nemo told him, don't ever talk to me about this again. I will not listen. Yeah. What a cool dude. From that point on, their relationship was quite strained. <laughs> and that night, a hurricane hit, symbolic. The two men, Aranax and Nemo, got out on deck to watch the hurricane, symbolic. Mm. They strapped themselves to the sub so they wouldn't get thrown overboard, but watched the huge storm in silence on separate sides, <laughs> symbolic. Oh, mm. they're going to kiss. <laughs> Nick really wants this to happen. I just, I'm annoyed that there's not enough romance in this book. Yeah, there's not a lot of kissing. There's a lot of kissing. Except the squids. They just keep stabbing. (laughs) All them giant squids were kissing each other. (laughs) Was that implied? I don't remember that. There there was 12 of them. How do you think they reproduce? Kissing. (laughs) Oh, I didn't know that's how. That's how squids reproduce, through kissing. This is your birds and the bees chat, children. Kissing and silent tears. Mm. Mm. One silent tear. Oh, that's so... No. (laughs) (laughs) It's a big part of making love. Silent tears. Coming from their giant eye. Yeah. They do have giant eyes. They do. They have the biggest eyes of any animal. That's true. The giant No. What about... Go on. Anime characters. (laughs) No. Yeah, my eyes are quite large. But what, not giant squid large. What about big bad wolf? What big eyes do you have? Yeah, that's number three. Oh, that's right. The third biggest. So it goes giant squid, Dave Warnocky, giant wolf. Yes. Yeah, big wolf. Big bad wolf. Big bad wolf. Sorry. Not the gi- giant, giant wolf. Giant, giant wolf. wolf. Giant wolf, surprisingly small eyes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> They're still to, to scale on a normal wolf. Yeah, yeah. Tiny eyes. <laughs> I can't say a 40 foot up and I've only got the eyes of a wolf. <laughs> Oh, we're nearly there. Only a couple of chapters ago. The Nautilus travelled onwards for the next couple oh, of weeks. I thought we were no. still chapter one. Yes, yeah, same. You just said chapter one. I was like, oh, cool. This oh, right. So sorry. One. We're up to chapter, <laughs> I've written this down, chapter 37. Whoa. Oh, that's all right. I was really enjoying the first chapter. I was like, this is Were a- you guys <laughs> worrying that this is going to be a 30-hour <laughs> podcast? Oh, I'm so sorry. For anyone, obviously people at home have the time to look at. I just wasn't flagging it because, honestly, some of the chapters are a bit like, yeah, then we dived. Like, that's it. So, yeah. yeah. It was just funny because I thought um, – at the beginning, I was like, oh, this is a really, really good value if you're buying this in cereal. Yeah, forms, you're getting a lot of stories. This is chapter like, oh, one. That's a lot. Don't worry. This is like chapter, the second last chapter, I believe. Ooh. Well, there's 38 chapters and this is chapter 37. I that agree true, with you. But then, yeah, no, that's right. The last An chapter epilogue? is. Were they kids? Maybe. Unless I stuffed up the numbers. Unless there's an index okay. listing all the kisses. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All is. the implied kisses. <laughs> you get like a famous like modern writer to be like uh, give their own opinions, like J.K. Rowling at the at the back of the book. What I thought about the kissings. <laughs> so it travelled on for the next couple of weeks until it was 120 miles away from the Irish coast. Then mm. it started circling the ocean like it was looking for something. Then, while still circling, a steamship appeared on the horizon, eight miles away. 
It flew no flag and Captain Nemo mysteriously just said, it's here, before going below deck. Mm-hmm. The Nautilus then dived to the seabed and Aranax was invited into the gallery to see something. It was a shipwreck from 1762, a ship called the Marseillais. The ship had a long career in France before being in battle with the English in this very spot and with their masts shot out, the crew chose to scuttle their own ship and go down with it rather than surrender to the enemy. Mm. Aranax realised the ship he was talking about was famously nicknamed The Avenger, to which Nemo replied, yes, The Avenger, a glorious name. He's starting to go full supervillain at this point. Aranax watched him as he surveyed the famous wreck and was starting to realise what sort of man he was looking at. Mm. He wondered whether his hatred for the world might break into a terrible act of vengeance. And he did not have to wait long to get his answer. The steamer ship that I mentioned just before started opening fire on the Nautilus. Aranax was at first confused, then began to realise that the ship was firing at them. It had obviously been sent to find the Nautilus, like the Abraham Lincoln that they'd been on. He also realised that the night... When they'd been shut up in a cell and the man had come back on board with a fractured skull, the Nautilus must have been involved in a fight that night too. Good golly. Captain Nemo had been using the ship for acts of violence and revenge. <gasps> what? Nemo. Ned the harpoonist out on deck decided to try and signal the mysterious ship to save them. He pulled out a white handkerchief to start waving, but then Nemo appeared, now fully enraged and threatened to nail Ned to the bow before ramming the ship with him at the front of it. He's gone real angry. Woo! He then unfurled his black flag with the letter N on it again. For Ned. Thus, the transition to super villain is complete. <laughs> I mean, it's not that villainous. A gold N on a black flag. That's pretty super villain. That's pretty. On your, sub- on your submarine. Is it that villainous or is it kind of Kanye? Bit of Kim. Uh, like I was uh, is at- there a difference between Kanye and a super villain? Mm. Oh, yeah, that's true. But every day the lines get... Blur, it's very Versace. Blur. Like I feel like that's like again supervillain. Yeah. Okay. All right. Yeah. Everything I keep saying is all right. No, he is a supervillain. You've just listed multiple supervillains. <laughs> yeah. Mm. He then told Aranax, this is Nemo, that he was going to mercilessly sink the attacking ship and ordered him below. The next few hours was a cat and mouse game, and the ship chased the Nautilus that could easily outrun its enemy. Nemo didn't want his enemy ship to share the place where the Avenger had sacrificed herself. He didn't think the ship was good enough for that, mm. so he led it away. Oh. Aranax tried in vain to plead with the villain to stop, but he immediately cut him off and said, quote, I am justice, I am human right, I am the victim, and there is the tyrant. All that I loved, country, wife, children, father, mother, all were destroyed. All that I hate is there. Keep silent, end quote. Hey, so was that Nemo saying that? Nemo was saying that, yeah. Oh, so he's sort of like a, a Batman situation. Where he's lost everything. Mm. Okay. Aranax told Ned that they that they should escape and join the other ship, for he would rather go down with them than stay on the sub that was going to drown them. But it was too late. The sub dived and began to pick up speed before crashing into the other ship and putting a giant hole in it. Mm. All Aranax could do was watch from the gallery with terror as the giant steamer sank, her crew going down with her. What a dog. Captain Nemo also watched on. Whilst it was, when it was all over, he went to his bunk and under the photos of the revolutionary heroes was a photo of a woman and two young children. Nemo gazed on them for a time, held out his arms and then began to weep. His family, perhaps? Oh, my. Nah, time, what if it was just randos? We've been... 
Finding Nemo. <laughs> Do you think Uh, the Nemo from that film is named after this character? That is not unrelated. (laughs) Have you, for the last hour and a half, been waiting for that? No, I only just clicked. Right. (laughs) Uh, Aranax was horrified at what had just happened. Maybe we've been finding Aranax. Ooh. (laughs) Soon to come to cinemas. He does sound like a cleaning product. (laughs) (laughs) Pierre Aranax. Yeah, he could clean a bar. Aranax. That would be kind of cool if someone brought out some Aranax. The shower getting clogged and pour some Aranax on it. It also sounds like, um, I'm thinking of anthrax, aren't I? I was going to say, uh, it yeah. sounds like a, something you'd mail. You can also clean a shower with anthrax. You never have to shower again. <laughs> <laughs> It'll kill everything with a 30 mile radius. Yeah. <laughs> Kills germs and you, fast. <laughs> uh, so Aranax is horrified by everything that he's just saying. He's, he reasons that no matter what horrors that happened to Nemo, he couldn't justify an attack like that. After this, the Nautilus continued to travel north for 20 days and the prisoners no longer the, saw the crew or Nemo. Everyone just disappeared. Until one night, Ned came to Aranax and told him that they're, they're going to escape that night no matter what. Who cares about the way they were just going for it? Aranax was scared but also wanted to see the mysterious captain one last time. On his way to escape and to meet at the meeting place, he had to travel through the gallery where the captain was now playing his organ. Oh. <laughs> that is a very super You should knock move. before you say that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> He tiptoed behind him, taking five minutes to reach the door to get out of the gallery, just silently walking, <laughs> watching him play his organ. Oh. Aranax was about to open the door to leave when he heard Nemo stand up and sigh. He silently moved towards Aranax like a ghost and then murmured the words, Almighty God, enough, enough. Oh. They were the last words he heard the captain speak and he took those words as remorse. What he did do was run through the door without looking back and met the two men in the hatch that contained the boat where they were going to escape. They were unscrewing the hatch when they heard yelling from within the sub. Had they been busted escaping? Then Aranax understood one word that filled him with horror. The word was Maelstrom, which was the name of a giant whirlpool that is found off the coast of Norway. Hmm. Then the Nautilus began to spin like it was being sucked in. They unscrewed the hatch and the three men of their boat were launched violently. Aranax hit his head and passed out. When he came to, the three of them were in a fisherman's hut on the Norwegian Lofoten Islands, unsure of how exactly they had escaped. Aranax explains to the reader that whilst waiting to be rescued, he wrote his story of adventure. On what? Did he have no, his hand. a notepad? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. Scratched it on. Like, what? Ooh. He doesn't explain. Unsure if he will be believed, he recounts that it had been 10 months and they'd traveled 20,000 leagues under the sea. Oh. Which is the title. Holy moly. And it turns out a league is actually equivalent to about four kilometers. And the title actually refers to the distance they'd traveled whilst underwater, Uh not the depth. Because the depth is many, many times deeper than all the oceans. Yeah. It's enough to, to entirely go around the world. So I think it's the equivalent of about And eight, that's why 80, it's under the seas. Under the seas is the Because it's multiple seas that he's traveling yeah. through. Man, this just changes the whole game. Changes it all. Mm. So yeah, I think it's the equivalent of about 80,000 kilometers. Oh, boy. He's not sure what became of Nemo and Nautilus. They may have been sucked in the maelstrom, but he hopes that they are still somewhere out there. Why does he hope that? He just does In a way, he's fond. Because they're in love! He's fond of Nemo. The final line of the book is this. And to the, uh, and to the question asked by Eclastius, 
3,000 years ago, from the Hebrew Bible, this is. That which is far off and exceeding deep, who can find it out? And his answer, two men alone of all now living have the right to give an answer, Captain Nemo and myself. Oh, okay. No mention of Ned or Council, who yeah, have been yeah. on the exact same journey. Ned is a up and about. Yeah. I'm surprised Ned made it through. So did Ned make it through? He made it through the book. Yeah, Ned made it. He, he did accidentally his... stab himself at one point. No, he stabbed everything else. Wouldn't mm. it have been good if he did get stabbed by something, like a narwhal got him as like a fun, like I would have been happy irony. or like a sea otter or something. Yeah. Yeah, with a uh, sea otter with a harpoon. Yeah. That'd be fun. Mm, that's like rain on your wedding day. Yeah. Ironic. <laughs> it's like a... a Spoons. 10,000 spoons when all you needed was a knife. Yeah, I was trying to think. Like, what a line. Is? What a line. Yeah, 10,000 oh. spoons. Okay, right. Man, that's a big draw. It's a very big draw. That's yeah. so many spoons. You're at a spoon factory. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Why? Why are you at a spoon factory? I'm looking for a knife. <laughs> I just want to make a sandwich. Just go to Ikea. Just use the back of the spoon. Pick up some more forks and spoons. Sorry, knives. No more spoons. No more spoons. Well, that is the end of the book, but just quickly on the themes before I get yes. you to, to yep. score out of five. A few people have been asking me to do a bit more theme work on the show. Mm. So are there any themes that are jumping out to you that are... Uh, yeah, water. Stabbing. Mm, stabbing in water. Mm. Good. Uh, electrocution. Electric boogaloo. Romance. <laughs> well, some of us saw romance. <laughs> yeah, yeah. There's a lot of underlying romance in it. Yep. All that uh, stabbing, revolu- funding the revolution. Um... That's it. Nah, well, was it more? Sorry. Obviously, adventure and travelling around the world are a big part of it. As a scientist, Aranax feels very privileged to see things no other humans have ever seen, but then he's also like, I'd like to be able to get off one day. <laughs> and he's trying to find the, the, the line between the two of those. Our Captain Nemo was living in self-imposed exile. We're not actually, actually sure what from or the reasons why, but it does seem that something's obviously happened mm. to his family. Nemo does appear in another of Verne's novels called The Mysterious Island. Published a few years oh. later when Nemo was a very old man. And that sort of fleshes out his backstory a bit more. Oh. So he did survive. Oh. He's very old and he's got a beard and all the crew are dead. He's actually the last survivor. Oh. And it turns out that he was an Indian prince and that his father and family had been murdered. But in this book, he's a figure of mystery. And I guess that's sort of part of the intrigue for me. That's, that's, I, I sort of enjoyed being like, who is this, who is yeah, this weird guy? Yeah, this weirdo. And his reason, his reason for running from the world remain unknown in this book anyway. And, of course, which leads us to revenge, the other theme. Oh. Nemo takes his revenge out on what he sees as the powers of opp- oppression wherever he can. Which brings us to the final part of the podcast, which is a score out of five. As presented here today, do you enjoy that journey, that story, or what are your feelings? Hmm. I just don't. I don't know. I don't know how I feel about it. I think I enjoyed it. I think I enjoyed his underwater adventures, although it does have, it is very uh, oddly enough serialized in the how it goes about itself, where mm. it's just like, oh, and now they're here and now they're in Papua New Guinea and yeah, now they're so at Atlantis for a moment. Reading, actually, it makes sense to me at the end when he's like, I wrote down this journey whilst waiting because it does seem fairly diary like. Yeah. Like, and then yeah. this happened and then this happened. So serialized, maybe it would be fun week to week because it's like an adventure. Yeah. And we're in Antarctica. Yeah. Now we're in, yeah. A good TV show. Yeah. So bit by bit, totally. Yeah. Or like even like a good like serialized like comic book, like to oh, be yeah. continued. But yeah. as a novel overall, it, it, I did find myself at the end being a bit like, okay, like, you know. Yeah. Where are you, where speed are you through going? Antarctica. Yeah. Okay. You made a South Pole. That's cool. Anyway, anyway. Yeah. 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 I don't know if the 
twists were that good. I wish they were a bit more twisty. Like I wish it was like you thought he was funding the revolution, but really he did have a family and was paying for them or something. Like, yeah, so you, you would have liked it if he was more supervillain. Or or less supervillain. Maybe that they thought he was a supervillain. Also more kissing. Also mm, more yes. smooching. You wanted a bit more resolution I just, yeah, to the smooches. Well, I just feel like there could have been so much more, which you can read in my fanfiction, fanfiction.net. Slash <laughs> but there I, are also zero female characters in the entire book. Yeah, I felt that. Yeah. <laughs> Pretty it, intensely. It should be 20,000 kisses under the sea. <laughs> 20,000. Seas. No, I can't 20,000 seamen under the sea. Oh, oh gross. Yuck. Oh, no, just, just sailors. Oh, That's all that. They're all okay. just sailors. Every single one of these They're people. They're all just kissing. Kissing seamen. Yeah, there were no women on, no. under no. the sea. But, yeah, if they're um, if, a well, Unless we don't, we don't know the gender of that dugong. No. So yeah, maybe all, okay. of, maybe all of the sea <laughs> Fingers creatures. Fingers crossed it was a man. Yeah, all the sea creatures they murdered were women. And, and they didn't mention it, maybe some of the islanders yeah, that came out on the beach, maybe they were women. They didn't mention it. But, they did not mention it. But it just does feel like you could have had, like you didn't know really about the enemies that they were facing off against or anything. Like, yeah, they could have all been women. Yeah. So, is that <laughs> what you're saying? That? No, I just mean like there could have been more to it. I, I'm, I've, I, I feel okay about this book, but it just feels like it's very... I don't know. I don't want to say one note. But yeah, like it's, it a bit is repetitive. Very, in but terms. Yeah. Two, two notes. Yes. And really there are 12. <laughs> it's two out of 12. So out of five, what does that equal? What do you think? I mean, two and a half. Is that all right? Yeah, that's totally fine. A two and a half out of five? Yeah, I reckon. I think it's okay. It's a book. Probably if I read it, I might go, oh, that's good. <laughs> Uh, I'll give it three stars. I'll have a bit of undersea adventure. And uh, I like. The, I actually kind of liked the mystery of, like, who is this Nemo, Nemo fellow? Where yeah, for me, that, that was intriguing throughout the whole thing. Probably my favourite. So three from P, 2.5 from And because he's not, like, a traditional kind of villain. He's kind of no. unusual in that, like, what is he up to? What is this place? It's kind of exciting. This is a bit of adventure. Where are we going? Who are you? Why aren't we kissing? That's <laughs> There we go. I don't think there's enough payoff. I reckon yeah, I, it, I felt like it kind of meandered along and didn't end, really deliver. Like, Ned went, I'm going to stick around because I like stabbing people and yeah. there's lots of opportunities to do so. There was one bit. So when Also, were... Council did go missing for like from the start. Yeah. yeah, basically it was him and Ned hanging out in one room and then Aaron <laughs> X in the other. Yeah. Maybe there was a thing going on between those two. Oh. There was this scene where they're about to escape, remember, and then he comes along and says, do you know much about Spanish history? Yeah. For me, that felt like a sweet Bond villain moment. I thought the story that he was going to tell was going to be like, and I know that you're escaping. Yeah. yeah. But then it wasn't. Yeah. And I, th- I was like, oh, he's going to get him and be like, tell him a story from Spanish history when someone tried yeah. to escape and that they ended up being like crucified or something. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But that didn't happen. So I was I- for me, it loses half a star for not being what I wanted it to be. Yep. I'm going to give it three out of five because I found uh, yeah, the intrigue of Nemo intriguing, obviously, and the sub was surprisingly advanced and ahead of its time. So I can definitely yeah. see how it influenced uh, further science fiction writing. But So a three from me as well. But that does bring us to the end of the show. Thank you so much for joining me. Thank now, you. this has been quite a long podcast, but if you're a fan of something shorter, have I got something <laughs> for you? And it's called Kentucky Fried Chattin'. It literally goes for about 10 minutes. Yeah, you've got bite-sized episodes. You can marathon through them. Mm. How many menu items have you approximately reviewed now? Over 50. Yeah. That is amazing. Including Including water? Yes. Including water. Including water. Moist towelettes. Yes. 
Pepsi. Pepsi. Pepsi is one of my favorite episodes. Can I ask when you get the? I haven't heard the moist towelette episode. Did you just get moist towelettes and and or had you eaten a meal and then used the? I eaten a meal and then we used the moist towelettes. Because <laughs> it would have been funny if you, just, you all just wiped down and went. Oh, we yeah. did a taste test. How do we yeah. feel? You tasted it? We yeah. did a taste test we on did the moist do a taste test. And oh, we, I imagine it's very chemical And there is a revelation, I think, maybe in the next episode yeah, about those moist There's an amazing revelation. There's an amazing revelation. Uh, is it that they're poisonous? No. <laughs> we're, <Okay>. we're dead. <laughs> yeah. I think that uh, it, because we record them in chunks, so we'll record like 10 in a row, mm-hmm. you can also eat along with us if you also want to feel. I awful. love that. Please yeah. eat along. Please yeah. eat along. Especially now you can go back and you can see all the menu items and then you can <laughs> eat along with us. The first feast is good. I don't think we've had a good one in a while. Oh, the second was good because there's lots of liquid and there was water. Yeah, a lot of liquid. And then every Stay other... hydrated. Very important while eating oh. doing KFC podcast. Oh, absolutely. Yep. Don't eat Kentucky burgers. That's another one. Also, just don't lick moist jellets. If they did a Kentucky Fried Turtle Steak, would you be on board? 100%. No. I'm there now. I'm asking them for it. I will call them right after the pod. No, you wouldn't eat it, Beck? Nah, I'd give it a go. Yeah, I reckon you would too. <laughs> it's all about making those episodes, keeping them coming. Yeah. Who cares if... about turtles? <laughs> <laughs> but if you guys, uh, if people do want to check it out, where's the best place to find it? Uh, you can find it. Just search Kentucky Fried Chatting in your podcast app. Uh, we're on iTunes and we're on Spotify. You can listen to us on Spotify. If nice. You want to. Um, yeah, just wherever you get your podcasts. Yeah, I've also got another podcast as well. Called, oh, yes, Pete. Called Ooh Spooky, which uh, me and uh, a couple of other comedians where we dive into a big book of uh, spooky stories and unsolved mysteries mm. and we uh, make fun of them. <laughs> <laughs> Check out this idiot. Yeah, yeah. look at these dum-dums from the past <laughs> and this ghost. I can't believe they believe that. Um, and Gamey Game is still yes. on YouTube. Uh, you can watch all of us or on at least one episode. That's yes. absolutely um, right. Filmed right here at the studio where we're recording right now. Yes. Uh, I'm on a camera most of the time. If you watch Often it. you're on the panel. Sometimes. So it's, that's Gamey Gamey Game, which is a panel, mm. uh, pretty much weekly panel show about video games. But it's we're, it's more about the laughs. Yeah, we're on a break <laughs> at the moment, but the Christmas episode is very good and it's very long. So you can have a watch of that. Check out all those things. And, of course, we follow you online, Twitter, Instagram, all that kind of stuff. Uh, yeah, on Twitter at Peter the Jones and Instagram at the Peter the Jones. Oh. Uh, it's a very common name. Oh, no. <laughs> at uh, Beck, I'm, less common name, I imagine. Well, I'm on Twitter at Beckness, which is good, but on Instagram someone took at Beckness, so I'm at Beck Petratus. Nice. Fantastic. And if you want to get in contact with uh, BookCheat, we've got an email, bookcheatpod at gmail.com, and we are at bookcheatpod on all the social medias. Love if you could uh, yeah, get in contact or uh, follow us on those kind of things. And, again, if you want to suggest a book, you can do that at any time. Just fill out a little form and tell me why I should do it, and then I'll shout out to you when I eventually read that book. Just uh, follow the link in the description of this episode. But that does bring us to the end of the show. Thank you so much for joining me. Thank you, Dave Warnicke. Appreciate that. Thank you for this wet journey. Okay. (laughs) I think we're going to make that the final note this week. Thank you for this wet journey and goodbye. This podcast is part of the Planet Broadcasting Network. Visit planetbroadcasting.com for more podcasts from our great mates. I mean, if you want. It's up to you. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. 
Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM.